She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. In search of... The Shark Worshippers. This episode was written and produced by Edward Garrick. It was edited by Corky Ellers with assistance by Greg S. Jones. Series is hosted and narrated by Leonard Nimoy. And it originally aired on Saturday, February 18th, 1978. Probably like at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or something like that. Mm-hmm. It is dumping day at a tuna cannery in the Solomon Islands. Hundreds of hungry sharks surround a canoe, devouring bushels of fish scraps. To fall overboard now would mean certain death. While photographing this awesome feeding frenzy, the In Search of Camera Boat is attacked by several huge sharks. A wooden paddle is bitten in half. <gasps> I will say we don't see the wooden paddle, no. though, so I don't know if I believe them. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple of things that are said in this episode that I don't know that we should believe because they are just said. And that is it. Yeah, I was like, where's the paddle? Are we going like, to see when we footage. come back? Like, we supposedly have a camera boat. Where the <laughs> yeah, because I mean, right now it's like dun 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 dun, and it's opening credits. And I'm like, okay, well, when we come back in that second part of the narration. Are we going to see this paddle? Are we going to see it when the episode starts? We never see it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Children at play in a tropical paradise, the remote island of Lalassi, at play in shark-infested waters. Yet these children are unafraid. What protects them from the jaws of the killer shark? The Lassie love the sea monster others fear and harness its power in ways unknown to civilized men. <gasps> in search of shark worshippers, theory and conjecture. We have some unpacking to do uh-huh, in this I was narration. Gonna say, I was going to say, civilized men, what? Anyway. Yeah, um, because, I mean, yeah, they're unloading fish from the cannery, but they're not civilized men. Like, okay, there's there's that issue. The island, I believe, is called Laulasi. It's part of the Solomon Islands. Leonard Nimoy says it like three different ways in the episode, so I'm not going to be a stickler about how we're saying it. He says Lalasi, he says Laulasi, he says Lulasi, like he's all over the place and no one seems to care. So, yeah, I'm going to try to go with what it looks like because it is spelled L-A-U-L-A-S-I, but yeah, anyway. And then like calling the sharks a sea monster? Uh-huh, and killer sharks. I mean, look, we've gotten over this. we I realize this is the 1970s, uh, in the, the decade of Jaws, but like we definitely know now that sharks are not like fierce killers or whatever. Most of the time, if they attack you, it's literally because they bumped into you because you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like mm-hmm. they're not actively hunting people. <laughs> they don't they don't care. They're not out there to kill little kids who are swimming in a lagoon. Like that's not their goal in life. Also, we know how I feel about the water, and honestly, like, you're in their house, buddy, so, mm. like, mm. Well, and, yeah. like, the whole thing, like, oh, if you fell over this boat now, and it's like, yes, because you have them worked up into a frenzy eating scraps from the cannery, so, of course, they're, like, chomping on everything they see. If you fell in, they would absolutely try and chomp on you, because they can't distinguish you from, yeah, like, a piece of Yeah, it's not because it's like, oh, shit, now there's a person, yum, yum, it's just, like, you're in the water, and there's 
their stuff in the water. They're going to eat everything they can. They often will bite each other. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. 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 It's just, you get in a feeding frenzy, you get in a anyway, in there. episode is not very the buffet friendly. And things are going crazy and you just lose control. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, I, who hasn't been there? You know, you reach across the table, you might lose that hand. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Not great, not great, but yeah. Anyway, whew. yeah, there's a lot of shit in this. There's some. There also, if you're watching this episode, there is some disturbing footage. I'm just gonna like say right off the bat. So mm-hmm. yeah, we will talk about that. There's also some yes, interesting editing choices. Uh, they're gonna come up almost immediately, like well, yeah. right now. Yeah, here we go. Let's dive in. <laughs> Sharp teeth, abrasive skin, and powerful jaws. Shark can strike anyone at any time and in any waters. And of course, we're gonna have like stock footage of sharks, often the same footage over and over. And then for some reason, they literally show footage of a young Aaron water skiing in Okanagan Lake from the Ogopogo episode. And you can see like it's a lake. There's like trees in the background, mm-hmm. and she falls, and you're like, oh no, a shark can eat her. It's like we saw this episode. We know it. We recognize the boat. We see like the dad and the daughter driving the boat. It's like, oh, come on, dude. Oh, man. There's a lot of stock footage. And just like in the beginning, there's just a lot of like footage with nothing over it, like no voiceover. I think they were just trying to kill time because they're just like, here's the ocean. Yeah. Here's some sharks. Like, were you like, obviously, they reuse a lot of footage. You couldn't like ever use something else and not use footage. I know. Or found lake. some other stock footage of different <laughs> sharks or something. They seem to show the same. I mean, like, they did that in season and... one, like with the Atlantis episode and like mm-hmm. the strange visitors where we would see like the Bimini stones, that kind of thing, a few times. And yeah, like, Bimini wall. Because we know it's a wall. It's not just lava like Tori thinks. Pillow lava, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but, you know, they they do reuse footage from episode to episode. But, like, sure. this is, like, this does not fit what you're talking about. Because I'm pretty sure they never mentioned that there are sharks in Okanagan Lake. So. Pretty sure there aren't. I mean, there are freshwater sharks. But they're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they're murderers. But, yeah. But not in Okanagan Lake. So. Totally. A lucky few escape with only cuts and bruises. They are survivors of an encounter with a curious predator. And that's actually a good way to put it because it's true. Mm-hmm. That is that is how they are. They're curious predators. You're in their space. They're curious. They might bump you with their nose before they bite. And sharks learn by biting. Like <laughs> that's how they figure out what stuff is. So yeah, if you're in their way, they might like nibble at you to try and figure out what the hell you are. Yeah. Which is why so many people survive these attacks because the sharks don't like chomp down. They just kind of like gnaw at you with their teeth a little. They're like, what is that? Is that a seal? No, that's not, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then you bump them in the nose and they go away. So- it's one of their sensory organs. It's like how little kids, little kids put everything in their fucking mouth because that's how they learn the world. Dogs do that. Cats do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the thing. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Curious Predator is a good descriptor. Yeah. But the unlucky majority suffer ghastly injuries. In these cases, man is the helpless prey of a wild animal. One that can attack from hunger, but more often from pure aggression. Whoa. And again, that is that is wrong. <laughs> not say, that kind of goes against everything you just said, Tori. Like the majority yeah. suffer ghastly injuries and they just attack because they're mean? Not Not true. So, no. Go to an aquarium sometime. Talk to a shark expert. They're very friendly. They'll tell you all about sharks. Then we get a list of attacks. We get pictures of people who have survived or not survived shark attacks. And then 
after all that, we see this dude in the yellow submarine. He lives in the yellow. No, he's not a beetle. <laughs> um, it's like a personal, like you know, like research sub. Kind uh, of thing. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of the submarine at the end of Life Aquatic. It's a little <laughs> bit more narrow and it's different, but it definitely. I was like, oh, it just made me think of Steve Zissou, and then I got happy. So yeah, I was gonna write down because the dude actually has his name, like a you know, like how fighter pilots have their name on the side of the plane. Mm -hmm. He actually does have his name on the side of the sub, and then it's all Shark Hunter like next to it. Um, but yeah, anyway. But anyway, we see him, and then we see footage that's being taken from inside the sub of, like, he's following a shark. But then we're told that immediately after the footage that we see, the sub was attacked by that same shark. And then the diver barely survived, and the sub was substantially damaged. And I'm like, well, why don't we see that footage if it happened? Yeah, because even if it was just, like, a jostle and, like, you mm -hmm. know, it's not great footage, you still would ideally have it. Yeah, because so. we do kind of, like, because it's all, like... It looks like the shark is fleeing, but shortly after this, the shark returned, and 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 you do kind of see the shark like turn. So I was like, oh shit, we're gonna see like the sub go like boom, and then that's all we're gonna see, right? Nope, nothing. We're just told that's mm -hmm. what happened, which makes me suspicious, honestly. Uh -huh. yep. so, yeah, he probably like hit a piece of coral or something. I was like, oh goddamn, shark attacked me and fucked up. I know, but now he's got to write it off on his insurance. He was like, shark. It was totally shark. a shark. Totally a shark. Yeah, that rough skin. That's what did it. Look at all that. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> scrape the shit out of my sub. Anyway. <laughs> then we see footage of a diver feeding a shark by hand, and we are told that sharks are known to literally bite the hands that feed them. But the shark just takes the food and swims away. Yeah. So again, we are told something that we see the exact opposite of happening. Mm -hmm. Then we see people in a shark cage. You've undoubtedly seen shark cages. We also see mm -hmm. a shark bubble. Which is like a little, like, you can just hang out, like, in your, like, cool 70s clothes inside the shark bubble because you're all dry and everything and, like, look out the glass and tap on it and sharks come up. So it's like a reverse aquarium, sort of. So, mm -hmm. And then there's the shark bag for victims of air and sea disasters. Um, I'm not sure the shark bag does shit, honestly, because I think you're just, you, you're just sitting there and they'll still attack you and you'll die if they're going to attack you. I think the outside is, like water colored whatever that means because you can't really see it when they show it from underside but then the top is all bright orange so if people are looking for it, you can see it the guy inside is looking super concerned though because it's got like a big puffy like lip around it so that you don't you know it doesn't take water in and sink you but you can't see shit so he's mm -hmm. like all Ooh, looking around to see if there's anything like floating around yeah and i think the bottom is like a stronger mesh so maybe it wouldn't get bitten into but yeah it's mostly oh. like if you're injured in the middle of the ocean it's not to like prevent sharks from further attacking you. It's just to give you somewhere to remain where <laughs> well they yeah. find you. And you're floating. Yeah. And apparently it's supposed to be some sort of camouflage from underneath. So it's not yeah. as So noticeable. maybe sharks don't see. It's not like they see a surfboard and go, oh, it looks like a seal. Because yeah. I was thinking like bright orange is not really camouflage. But when they show the underside, it's you can't really. It kind of blends into the water a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, looks kind of like a big giant tube worm or something. But the shark bag has apparently replaced shark repellent which we are then told was really more for morale than any ability to actually thwart <laughs> attacks. So, and they show people using it. It looks like someone peeing like neon urine in a pool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then we see some stupid ass shit. Like there's this one dude that he looks like he's wearing like a prison wetsuit. It's like stripes. And apparently the stripes are supposed to confuse sharks. It's like, no, and they're big giant stripes, like, you know, like mm -hmm. six inch stripes, black and white. And then we see someone with an electrified wetsuit to shock sharks if they bite you. And I'm thinking that's not going to be great because I don't maybe think that if it shocked the shark, I don't know. I'm thinking you're going to shock yourself too. But anyway, and then we see this horrific thing 
that they call a shark parachute that is attached to a shark like a tag so you see people in a boat with like when the long sticks like when they're tagging you know fish and stuff like that and they tack it in the back right behind the dorsal fin and this parachute opens and it's supposed to slow the shark down so you can get away it's gonna fucking kill the shark because the shark can't yeah. get out of these. You see the shark swimming away, like, trying to frantically get it off. It's going to kill the fucking shark. Yeah, it's pretty <sighs> fucked up. It's messed up. And then we see this thing. They tell us that the best thing is a stick, right? Because you just kind of, like, you know, tap it on his nose. And the noses are really sensitive, you know, and they'll go away, leave you alone kind of thing. But then we're told if you put a shotgun shell on the end of a stick, and it's not putting a shotgun shell on the end of a stick. It's basically a fucking shotgun that looks like a stick. It's like a harpoon gun, but with a mm -hmm. shotgun shell. And we actually see someone tap a shark with it and blow a fucking hole through the shark. Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah, that should have been like content warning because that was messed up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you don't need to do that. If you bump them in the nose, they're going to back off usually because, again, they're sensitive there. Because the shark is killed. It blew a hole through his body. You see it. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. There's blood everywhere, and the shark is all, oh, oh. It's, yeah, there's no way that shark lived. And I imagine this was probably done as a way to just, like, let's test it. So they just killed some shark because, you know, we got to test our equipment. That's super. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, this episode made me mad a lot. So. I know. Me too. Yeah. I was not happy watching it and... I was watching it at night and I was just like, um, don't love, don't love the shark treatment here. <laughs> yeah. Then we learned that sharks may be able to sense the electric magnetic fields given off by living creatures. Their eyes are extremely light sensitive and we see a shark strapped into a rig and they flash its eyes so they can test it. Yeah. Also not cool. No, but hopefully it's like. An aquarium situation where that shark is being examined and then it's going to be put back in the water and fine. And that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> they can also pick up low frequency sound waves, which act almost like a motion sensor. Ooh. And then we see the dudes shoveling and dumping the fish waste back into the water. So we're back on them. And then we're told that sharks are called the swimming nose and the bloodhound of the sea. Their sense of smell is tremendous. And a large part of their brain is dedicated to interpreting odors. And then we see a feeding frenzy because obviously they're dumping this fish waste in. Yeah. So, yes, the sharks are going crazy eating, which makes sense to me. Yeah. Which I then thought maybe we see the paddle here, too, because this is pretty, this is pretty much the same scene we got in the opening. Right. right. For the, they went all slow-mo the opening. So do, I thought the video was fucked up, honestly, because it was all suddenly slowed down. I thought I hit something wrong. But then not anymore. He started talking and he sounded normal. But yeah, in the opening, they like slow it down so you can see all the thrashing and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And then we're about to get there. But much like with the Dead Sea Scrolls episode, we are now over nine minutes into a 22-minute show, including the credits, and are only about to begin discussing the actual topic of the episode, which we last mentioned in the first minute during the opening. So almost exactly the exact same timing as the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm -hmm. where we talk about a bunch of other stuff before we talk about the topic. So we got to see a lot of people kill sharks, which was super cool. I really wanted to see that mm -hmm. um, in an episode talking about people who worship sharks. So I know it's definitely fun. the sort of yeah. content you tune in for. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we learned the ancient Hawaiians called their shark god Komahoali. And in the Gilbert Islands, he was called Bakawa. And in Fiji, Dakawanga. And then in the Solomon Islands, 
he was known as Bekwan. Throughout the South Pacific, the shark was worshipped as the greatest of gods. And then we're told that less than 50 years ago, remember, this is 1978, so less than 50 years ago, sacrificial victims were strangled on coral altars and thrown to the sharks. But missionaries who filmed these headhunters in 1900, can we see footage of mm-hmm. people doing stuff, waged an all-out war on the pagan practice of shark worship because missionaries are super awesome, and we've talked about mm-hmm. that several mm-hmm. times. So, yeah. Then we see Leonard Nimoy on location. I mean, probably not. He's probably just on the California coast in a Hawaiian-style shirt. Uh-huh. Countless human lives have been sacrificed to the shark god. His followers have dwindled to a handful of true believers. The shark worshippers, however, can still be found by those who search beyond the frontiers of civilization. Hmm. So, yeah, we're really concerned about the countless lives sacrificed to the shark god, but we don't seem that curious about the countless lives probably sacrificed through, like, missionary work and colonization mm-hmm. and... Uh, yeah, I don't know what I I am torn on the writer of this episode because a lot of this first half has been like, I do not like you because you are demonizing sharks and showing me footage of sharks being murdered. And I'm not down with that. But then this episode is supposed to be about shark worshippers. And the only thing I'm currently thinking watching this episode is that I want to take a bunch of researchers and missionaries and throw them into shark infested waters as a tribute to the shark god based on what I'm seeing. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, is this dude like secretly like on the side of my time machine where I travel and torture oppressors and colonizers and missionaries through time? I don't know because the episode makes me want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, are you meant to, I don't think you're meant to feel that way though. I don't get that impression. (laughs) Like, I think what we're feeling is very much a, wow, this is really backwards and a terrible way to look at things and not at all how any of this stuff works. But I don't think that's what they were thinking when they made the episode. I think they were thinking, sharks are scary and mysterious, but this weird tribe over here worships them. So let's talk about that. Yeah. And then we also get that, like, we have to go beyond the frontiers of civilization to find shark worshippers. And yet we see dudes in, like, pants and shirts on a boat shoveling fish from a cannery at the same location where they're going to find shark worshippers. So, yeah. The shark god Dakawanga, if appeased, is the benevolent protector of shipwrecked sailors and fishermen. Its ancestral sacred home in the Tugu Harbor is now an exclusive resort in Fiji. So that that's good. I'm glad that they turned the sacred place into a resort, um, by which yeah. I'm not glad. And we learn that tourists never see the god. Can't imagine why. However, the women of the Anuna Island claim the spirit of Dakawanga still exists and protects them from attack in their coastal river. The only person ever attacked by a shark here was a woman from another village who did not believe in Dakawanga. That's what you get. Yeah, that was compelling Fuck evidence. around and find out. <laughs> On another island, a tourist fell into the water and was attacked by a shark. A police officer said a prayer to Dakawanga before diving into the bloody water to attempt a rescue. The shark released its victim and swam away. Whoa. Now authorities are building guardrails rather than relying on prayer. <laughs> you know, you can do both. 
I really wonder because when they show that, they show the dudes like with like rebar and they're like welding rebar together. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what are they? Are they building like a shark cage? What are we doing? And then there's all no authorities are building guardrails. And fucking died. It was hilarious. Because I guess people are just like looking at sharks and fucking fall off the pier. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Ooh. In another village, a man says he was saved after his boat sank and that he rode on the back of a shark for two days and two nights. And there were like little shark escort, like entourage alongside the big shark that followed him all the way home. So he got like a, he got like a shark escort. It's pretty cool. I hear about dolphins doing that, but I've never heard about sharks doing that. Mm -hmm. And then twice a year, a witch doctor performs the ritual of the sacred tooth. Dakawanga is said to appear at midnight to accept the offering. And we don't actually see what it is. Like, I don't know. The sacred tooth. We see him put on a necklace that is not a shark tooth, which is what I thought it was going to be. And then he pours, like, some liquid into a thing. And apparently they drink some of the liquid. And I think they're just getting high. But, yeah. So. <laughs> hey, whatever. Whatever yeah. it takes. Got to do what it takes, man. And then we're told that fables and ceremonies are all that remain of what was once the dominant religion of Fiji. Missionaries have obliterated shark worship in most of the South Pacific Islands. However, in the tiny village of Laulasi, the shark god still reigns. And the episode says that the missionaries toppled shark worship. I think obliterated is closer, if not strong enough term to use here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not like they were just like, hey, you should stop. No, they they were very much like, nope. Yeah, stop probably murdered people probably. who believed it, and yeah, probably destroyed them. a bunch of their like you know equipment and their shrines and all their cool stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what they tend to do. And this commercial, so so again, we're getting that nice thing where like you know this is what happened here. However, in this other place, this thing happens. Commercial, and then we're going to talk about it. So mm-hmm. I do like that. I like that as a. Thing. So I hope they stick with that. I'll try not to mention it every time because it'll get boring if you hear me say it every time, but I just do like it. So. <laughs> In the Solomon Islands, the people of Lalausi cling precariously to the Stone Age. I'm making a face. You can't see my face because this is a podcast. I just want you to know that I'm making one. You can kind of probably imagine what that face is. I was about to take a sip of coffee and then you made me laugh. So, <laughs> uh, Fortunately, I timed it right or I'd probably spit on my computer. So that was good. Adventurer Terry Hannigan is returning to the mysterious island where pagan priests once accepted him as a brother. He was last there in 1973. He notices that some things have changed. Some of the people have left for the city. After speaking with the villagers, he learns they are bitter and confused. Authorities from the capital convinced them to deposit their wealth in a bank and then took the money. The young are abandoning the village for jobs in the city and abandoning the shark god Bekwa. They feel a curse has been put upon them by enemies and only the strongest magic can save them. Hmm. A special sacrifice must be made. Oh shit, and the search of cameras are right there. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, doggy. All right, well, we only got seven minutes left to save the village, though. Okay, well, let's hope so. we do it. Although, if I was Hannigan, I might be thinking, like, why have they waited 
to do this special sacrifice until I arrived. (laughs) Right. Maybe. Just maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It might be a little concerned. You've got a camera crew with you. So I guess you're hoping you're fine. You're hoping. You're hoping. I mean, it might be a super special sacrifice. (laughs) Anyway, we find out they must first consult the living dead before the sacrifice can be made. (gasps) Whoa. Whoa. That came out of nowhere. (laughs) Holy shit. But then we find out the living dead is actually a 90-year-old holy man who goes by the name of Moses. So missionaries haven't been there. He lives in isolation from all but a few priests. He spends his days speaking to ghosts. He will ask the shark god for the blessing of his ancestors on what is to take place. So they have to get permission to do this sacrifice because it's such a big deal. They can't just do it. They have to get permission from their ancestors to do it first. So this is some big shit. And then we find out that when someone dies in Laulasi, they are fed to the shark god. Only the head is preserved, wrapped in leaves. And apparently Moses keeps them in his hut because they're Mm -hmm. on a shelf and he's talking to them. Yes, he does. But the spirit lives on in the body of a shark. So. Okay, then. Yeah. But then behind the hut, and this is called the taboo hut because, like, no one's allowed to go in there except for, like, Moses and, like, a few select priests, right? Behind the hut, there is a pit 25 feet deep with 17 generations of Laolasi skulls ready to be consulted when necessary. So I think he just keeps the most recent ones in the leaves because we don't see skulls. We just see things wrapped in leaves Mm -hmm. on a shelf. But then in the pit, them skulls, they're like missing jawbones and shit. They've been in there for a long time. Some of them are kind of mossy looking. It's not great. Mm-hmm. Again, content warning possible. I mean, you know, it's not that gruesome. It's not like there's like flesh on them or something. But yeah, this episode is just throwing shit out there for like <laughs> seven, eight-year-old Nick to be watching. And, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The spirits have given approval to proceed with the ceremony. <gasps> it's lucky. I wonder how often they say no. I would love to know that. That'd be funny. Yeah. Funny, yeah, search of cameras in there and like, sorry. Uh, I mean, I guess they could if they think the people have left the way, you know, like you're not doing what is necessary anymore. Like, no, you're not worthy to do the ceremony. So, I mean, yeah, you know, there is dancing and a ceremonial pig is delivered to Moses and the shark priests. A few decades ago, the sacrifice would have been human. Hannigan's like, I know, he's like, phew, man, thank goodness, it's a pig. Mm-hmm. Women pray to Bekwa for protection for their men and children from renegade sharks. Oh shit! So there's renegade sharks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not just like regular sharks. That don't follow the shark god. I don't know. Oh shit! Like fallen sharks, kind of thing. <laughs> Ooh, damn! There's like a whole like hierarchy going on here. Okay. And then a story is told that might sound a little familiar, and that's that no villager has ever been attacked by a shark. Except for one man who denied the power of Bekwa. <gasps> that sounds just like what happened in that other village. That was a woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So then we find out that sharks have begun appearing in the waters by the sacred hut moments before the priest even appeared. It's <gasps> like they knew what was going on. Like maybe like Bekwa said, hey, dudes, heads up. Gonna have mm-hmm. a buffet. So the sacrifice is placed in the water. 20 yards away, children play in the water. Ooh. And actually, there's dudes standing right by the sacrifice. Like, they're standing in the water, like, putting the sacrifice in the water. So, mm-hmm. the great spirit shark appears, 
And it's like a 10-foot shark, but it's like yeah, the biggest it's a big one. That area. So they use that's the spirit one. And it's important that this shark be the first one to take the offering. Only then can the lesser sharks follow. So if one of the little upstarts get in there, it's not good. Not mm -hmm. good. No, not good oh. at all. The spirit shark circles the offering, but does not bite. And the other sharks move in. <gasps> the priest must pray to Bekwa. Please let the spirit be the first one to take the offering. Suddenly, Bekwa takes the offering. Faith has been rewarded. The devil has been defeated. And we haven't <laughs> talked about the devil yet. I don't know what the no, devil is. I don't so, think the devil is part of this, but okay. Yeah, I had not heard about the devil. I mean, we did talk about like the other shark maybe being like fallen sharks, and maybe there's another like evil shark. Like he's got like a scar on his eye, and he's all ah, and so he has all these little shark minions that do bad stuff. And then Beck was like, "No, we can't." So I don't know. Yeah, I'm basically reciting the Lion King. So <laughs> the others finish the sacrifice in a frenzy, and then we're told. The ancient bond between man and shark has been renewed. But for how long? This commercial. <laughs> and I want to discuss this sacrifice because we see them taking like a, a, as a boar, basically. And, you know, they're like, they're like rubbing like spices on it. And then they hang it on a thing and they cook it. And then when we see them giving the sacrifice, it's just the stomach and intestines. Yeah, I was going to say, they only seem to give it the entrails, so I'm thinking they eat the rest I'm of thinking, the thing. Yeah, I'm thinking they're having some dinner later. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's kind of like a luau where they just kind of yeah, cook the pig. So and I'm then they're kind just of like... wondering, did they do the same thing when the sacrifices were humans? Probably not. It's probably a more evolved ceremony, but who knows? And also, know. they're like, I'm not going to fucking waste a pig. Yeah, so. I mean, why would you? Yeah, <laughs> that's dumb. Yeah. Although, man, if you look greek mythology you get fucked up if you touch the sacrifice man like if you like sacrifice a lamb yeah. and someone goes in and eats some of the meat or something because they're hungry guys will fuck your ass up man mm -mm, yeah not good not good no no so we come back from commercial and we get some narration songs of praise to bequa now ring throughout lalassi the shark god has answered yay and then we get some voiceover by Hannigan with scenes of the villagers. But it's essentially what Leonard Nimoy is about to say in the closing uh -huh. narration. So I didn't write it. You can just hear it and boom. And also Leonard Nimoy, I'm not sure if they timed this right because there is some surging tides behind him. They are really loud and he's kind of having to raise his voice. And I think they fucked it up <laughs> and didn't want to have to redo it later. So I don't know. <laughs> the Lalausi people represent the final spiritual link between man and shark. They alone swim in the dangerous waters unafraid. They alone call the shark god and have their prayers answered. If they possess mystical powers over the sea monster we fear, their secret will be lost forever with the passing of the ancient religion. When their culture dies out, there will be nobody left to love the shark. And it's over. And that's basically what Hannigan was saying, a little bit like Michael Rockefeller talking about, you know, like civilizations encroaching yeah. and like Hannigan saying, like, you know, like these people are his friends and he plans on remaining friends with them, but he's not sure that their way of life is going to last the friendship. Like their way of life may actually end before some of these people actually die that he knows. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Too sad. I don't know why we can't just like 
go visit people. I mean, yeah, there's going to be, if you go and visit people and you're from another culture, there's going to be, you know, cross pollination, but I don't know why we have to like try to like make them like us, like let them be themselves. And if they, you know, we can, we can, you know, I mean, you know, in the like feely good part, like we can all learn from each other. Like, so like, and just some diversity is nice. Like monoculture is boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. So, so it turns out that Laulausi Island is actually an artificial island in the Langalanga Lagoon, north of Aki, on the island of Malaita in the Solomon Islands. Solomon Islands is a big group of islands. Yes. So, but it's actually a it's a art. It's like a man-made island. It's like built up from coral and stuff. It's believed that hostilities among the inlanders of Malaita for some of the people into the lagoon where over time they built up the island on sandbars after diving for coral. So it says that maybe it's as old as like 3000 BC, but pretty much any history of the island prior to like the late 19th century is all like citation needed. So right. doesn't seem like it's that old. Yeah. There was of course like gross colonial shit everywhere, including the deportation of Pacific Islanders for labor, mainly to Australia, but under the British crown obviously well so. and also they talk about how that one lagoon is now a resort so clearly these people were probably well, that was pushed in fiji, off. though that's fiji. right that's I'm, i know just, yeah. I, but i'm just saying like yeah. you know people have been pushed off their land that's one example so it's possible this island is fairly new but this you know group or tribe moved there after they were pushed off their area yeah. you never know yeah and obviously when you listen to the episode you are aware that hannigan is australian so yes he has a very heavy australian accent which i love so yeah speaking of people being pushed off their island on the morning of august 7th 1942 seven u.s planes bombed the island the reason was apparently due to the fact that the americans mistook lalasi for the japanese camp at afufu in north malaita there are some different reports one report says that it resulted in the killing of 24 children and destroyed their shell money industry. An initial report by a British like intelligence officer who was on the island claimed that 18 people were killed. Either way, the bombing of the island was the worst loss of civilian lives in the entire Solomon Islands during World War II. Oh, so, and was a mistake. Yes. Fun. Yay. Awesome. War is oh, fantastic. Yeah. And then in 1980... Moses Biego, who was the last pagan priest, the Fata Abu, on Lalase, he was the last to perform the shark calling tradition, which we may have watched. He died. Mm. And his skull is kept with the skulls of the other priests. So maybe just the priests are kept in the hut, possibly. Maybe that's what that is. Yeah. The regular people. I'm possibly. not sure. But yeah, but so he died like about two to three years after this was filmed, okay. unfortunately. I mean, he was supposedly 90. So, yes, so that is not super surprising. Yeah, but he is also the last one. So their tradition probably is gone. I did see some recent photos. I'm not sure how much of this is like we're currently living this way and this is how we make our money by pretending we live this way for tourists. Mm-hmm. That it seems like they are still doing some, you know, of their culture. But again, sure. it was all like... A photo of like villagers confronting visitors and i'm like okay yeah they're probably just cosplaying now to make a living so i don't know but yeah that's what it kind of seemed like to me kind of sad yeah but so just to round it back to the fact that sharks are not 
incredibly dangerous creatures. I was trying to look up some like shark attack statistics. And most of the sites say the same thing. There's not a lot out there. It's usually just repeating the same data. Basically, in 2022, as of December 21st, there were 91 shark attacks all year worldwide. That's the entire globe. Nine of those attacks were fatal, so the rest were not fatal. 16 of those attacks were provoked, so somebody provoked a shark and was attacked in 16 of those cases. So it's just a really small number. Your odds of being attacked by a shark are incredibly minuscule, even if you spend a lot of time in the water. And again, like, there are just ways to be safe about it. Obviously, if you see a school of sharks, don't dive in. Uh, don't go in the water, especially alone at twilight and sunrise, because those are the times when sharks tend to be more active. Like there, you can get lots of safety tips on how to deal with sharks. But for the most part, they aren't out there trying to attack you. When they do attack, it is usually just bad circumstances all around. And it's not great for them either, usually. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'm actually looking currently at the link that Tori provided, which is in the show notes. And apparently the breakdown is that there were 51 attacks in the U.S., 25 Mm -hmm. in Florida, 6 in Hawaii, 4 in California, 6 in New York, 5 in South Carolina. Five were provoked and one was fatal in Hawaii. There were 15 in Australia, Mm -hmm. zero provoked and one fatality. Then it has Florida separately that says the 25. (laughs) Three were provoked and zero fatal. So... Of the five provoked, three of them were from Florida, which fits Florida. So that's okay. And then Hawaii gets its own breakdown, too, for some reason. Well, because those are the places where sharks are more active. So people are always looking for, I know, but it's just weird because they include it in the first part and they break it down separately in the later part. Yeah, and then they break down the ones in Australia, too. I was just curious because I know, like, a lot of times you'll hear about them in Australia. um, I know there for a while there were some around South Africa and stuff. This one doesn't say about that but yeah i was just curious if there was a map and so i clicked through and there kind of is but yeah yeah oh and there's the 23 they're already tracking numbers for 2023 yeah this is a site that just there have only been just tracks shark attacks and stuff so that's literally all they do it's pretty great and of the four two were fatal apparently yeah um one was in the u.s in florida although not provoked this time so maybe florida's learned his lesson and then one was in australia Mm-hmm. And was also fatal. I didn't say where the other two were that weren't fatal, though. I said there were four. I don't know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe I need to do more research than just looking at this while we talk. Okay. But yeah. But anyway, the point is it's pretty rare. And there are definitely ways to avoid it and be as safe as you can when you're in the water in areas like Florida or Hawaii or Australia where sharks are very prevalent. Yeah. Unfortunately, I kept reading when I looked at the first page because it was all 51 shark attacks. And I'm like, Tori, you put the wrong number in. But that was just the U.S. So, yeah. yeah. No, mine's worldwide. Yeah. Under 100 worldwide in a year. That seems like not a huge number. So, yeah. I mean, if the trend continues, we're in February. That would be four. So we'd be looking at like less than 50, honestly, because we're barely mm-hmm. into February. So if you just went like four times 12, that's only 48. So, I mean, I, yeah. I imagine more. Well, it's hard because like you can't say more during the summer because right now it is summer in like the Southern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't really go by that either. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Florida, fucking stop provoking sharks. Okay. Knock it off. <laughs> Seriously. Cut it out. Dumbasses. I know your fucking governor's an asshole, but you don't need to provoke sharks. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's shark worshippers. Yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, there are worse things you could worship. Yeah, for sure. I don't have any problem with worshiping sharks. 
Yeah. They're not monsters in no, search they're of. Not. They're not sea monsters. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, dude. Anyway, yeah, I'm still not sure about the uh, writer of this guy, Mr. Garrick. Because, like, some of the stuff is like, like, I don't know. I mean, like you said, it's probably like the with the words being used, it probably was not meant to make you be like, oh, fuck these people. Sharks are cool. And so are these people who worship them. But, like, that's what you get when you watch this. So, yeah, or at least not if you're a normal person, I think. I, though I don't know if I'm normal. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling. So we should probably go. Yep. That's pretty much the clue. If Nick starts rambling, <laughs> shut it down. All right. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios. I got scroll. Episode production and design and editing is by Lazy and Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz and The Truth is What We Make of It by The Agrarians. Our X-Files adjacent episodes are where we cover television and films that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. If you like what we're doing, tell a friend. We'd love to have them join us. And we can worship sharks together. Yay. <laughs> Yay. And then you can also, you know, when you join us next time, we can worship sharks. And we'll try to figure out if, if the, the truth, truth is, is still, still out there. there. I'm going to keep in the, like, I got to scroll. No, that's funny. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, like pause, is just like, uh. why is this not, why is this not, why am I not there yet? How far did I fucking scroll up? God damn it. Scroll all the way up to the top and look at the dude's name. Anyway.